Hey guys, welcome back to Tazcast. <laughs> we are here with the one and only Bakir Baker, one of my best friends. My, uh, well, I guess, what, what do you say if you're somebody else's best man? I'm going to be his best man at his wedding, I guess. Uh, Bakir, what's up, buddy? How much, guys? How are you? Good. It is a pleasure, for sure. Um, Bakir is our one of our operations managers here at Taz. Oh, and I should also say we're not at Siren Studios anymore. Shout out to our producers, Vid Monsters. They got us set up with our own little podcast studio here at Taz Business Center. So shout out to all the good guys over at uh, Vid Monster Productions for taking care of us. So, Bakir, give us a little bit of an introduction of how you got here, what you do here at Taz, all that good stuff. Sure. So um, basically right now I am working as, uh, as an operations manager, as one of the operations managers, as Erdin said. I started working for Taz overseas in our uh, Bosnian office um, in 2017. Um, I started basically as a part-time worker, just, you know, a student trying to make some money and... Uh, uh, basically just started working over the weekends and, you know, just, uh, try to, uh, help out my family, um, to pay off the student loan that I had at the university. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a challenge obviously, but, um, I love challenges. So I was uh, definitely up to it. And then slowly I progressed, um, from being, you know, a part-time worker to a full-time employee. Um, that's where I started officially dispatching my own fleet of trucks. Um, so a dispatcher, fleet manager, you can call it however you want. And then, um, then I progressed as a, as a regional manager. Um, and, uh, now currently, as I said, working as one of the operations manager here at Taz and yeah um joined this office last year in june the 15th of june um of 2022 yes of 2022 i was quite humbled when i got the invitation from from taz and amira um and the taz family to come to this office over here and uh joined this group of people over here Woo. and uh yeah it's been a pleasure since then and can you tell us a little bit more of what your like schedule looked like and what your day to day consisted of while you were working over here in, or in Bosnia? In Bosnia, so in Bosnia, it's very much different because uh, because of the time difference. Mm. Uh, so we're uh, we're basically uh, seven hours ahead. Uh, so I would we would start at around like two p.m. And then uh, we would finish our day at 11 p.m. So it was quite different. Uh, you know, everybody else goes to work at like six, seven or eight. And, uh, and we're the ones that are able to sleep a little bit longer, which is something that Erdin would prefer. Mm -hmm. And um, we need to get him to the Bosnia office. <laughs> <laughs> I told them so many times. Yes. Just send me over there. And then, um, yeah. There was, a, there was a routine that we had, like everybody basically from the office, not everybody, but most of us would uh, gather around like noon just before, uh, like maybe two hours before work. And we would gather at this coffee shop 
and uh, we would drink coffee because that's one that of the, the one at the gas station. No, that's a different one. It's a different one. That one is after work. So oh, okay. because every other coffee <laughs> shop is closed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but there's a, there, there was a special small coffee place where we would just gather. We would not even text each other or anything like that. We would just show up and uh, and yeah, uh, that would be like our little meeting before before the work little uh little um warm up yeah warm you know up, warm up, get warm some up. coffee and uh and, love and, and the camaraderie yes so yes. how is how is the process like getting over to 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 the states from bosnia i know um obviously i know a little bit about it but just share with our listeners how much of a pain in the butt that was getting getting yeah all that it was out. it was quite a challenge uh, obviously uh, we started this procedure uh, and just to preface so everyone knows you're here on a work visa. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Which is very, very difficult to get. It is, uh, especially, uh, I would say, especially the one that, uh, that I'm currently on, um, the L1 visa. Um, so basically the process started just before COVID hit. Mm. Um, and uh, and that, was, uh, that was also challenging because everything kind of stopped. Yeah. And right. uh, when, uh, when I was talking with the lawyer, he was like, you know, Unfortunately, you know, there's nothing much that we can do right now, except just wait. we're just going to have to wait. Um, so I was basically playing a waiting game for almost a year uh, before uh, before we were able to start working on mm-hmm. just start working, just fill out the first application sheet, basically. Jeez. Um, and then uh, after that, it was just uh, a bunch of documentation that was necessary from uh, from the headquarters, from this office over here, from uh, from most of the employees over here, and then uh, a bunch of paperwork from the office, the Bosnian office, uh, and then a bunch of paperwork that I had to gather. Right. So it was it's actually separated into three different pieces. Um, so I had to gather the paperwork for myself, uh, for the office in Bosnia, and then for this office over here. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, um, in Bosnia, people don't speak English. Uh, they speak Bosnian. So I had to translate everything, every single file, <laughs> uh, officially, um, yeah, from Bosnian to English. Wow. And that itself was, you know, just a procedure. And I literally had, um, I would say, about 90 to 100 pages that had to be uh, translated from from English to Bosnian, uh, from Bosnian to English. And I remember the lady that was doing it for me. She said, "I did so many visas in my in my life. Like I did so many translations in my life, but never <laughs> had I translated this many pages uh, for a specific visa." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's my life." And then uh, <laughs> and then when we submitted everything, uh, I remember that they requested. That they resent, they actually sent a request for additional evidence, mm-hmm. which is basically meaning that it is postponing the whole process even more because you have to wait. There are certain documents that we submitted that they're not clear to them, so we had to, you know, yeah. uh, reconcile, mm. sit with the lawyer again, mm. and then talk with him, and um, uh, just trying to make sure that all the steps that we might have missed. Mm-hmm. you know uh that we uh nailed them down and that's literally what we did it took us another maybe 
four and a half, five months. Mm. From start to finish, what was like the total time? I would say a year and maybe eight months, eight to nine months. Because I remember at the end of 2021, we were like, I was asking my dad every day. I was like, when is Bakir coming? When is Bakir coming? He's like, I don't even know, man. The lawyer is like, like <laughs> yes. I don't even know. He's never going to come. He's not coming. <laughs> and yeah. we were just like. No, that, I mean, the chances are so slim. Yes. Yeah, it's like getting, it's like getting. And especially because of the current COVID situation. And then, you know, um, yeah. it just slowed everything down, you know? So it's, it's, it's been a challenge, but I remember the night that I got it, um, so I had this feeling like all day that something is going to happen at the end of the day. Not about the the not about the, the status of my visa, but like that something is going to happen. Mm. Maybe that thing that I was waiting for the whole day is actually, you know. Um, mm. So I went to the website and the moment I hit search uh, with my confirmation number, uh, it said that my visa was approved. Boom. And Herzegovina. But they do it in Bosnian first and then they translate the same in English. So it's like you have to listen to both at the same time. Oh gosh. So I called them and I was like, I'll be patient. I have time, you know. And it took me about like 15 to 20 minutes. Mm. And this lady picks up the phone and she's like, Thank you for calling the embassy. Blah, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Hey, my name is Bakir. And the moment I said Bakir, she's like, Oh, hey, Bakir, you know, this is Maria. And I was like, Oh, hi, Maria. <laughs> and she's hey, like, girly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh, We're going to need you to uh, schedule your interview um, at the embassy, mm. you know, and uh, you're going to have to log in online. You're going to have to schedule an interview appointment. You're going to have to show up. And I was like, I already submitted passport and everything that you guys, you know, requested. She's like, yeah, well, they st still want to see you here. And I was like, okay, that's fine. She said, just go online and you'll be able to schedule your appointment. I was like, okay. So I go in there and the first available appointment is like in August 25th. And it was like April the, <laughs> the, the, the 19th, the 20th. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, I have to wait another, another you know, four months just to do the interview, I got the confirmation. And then three days after that, she calls me again. And she's like, we moved your appointment, you know? You're like, damn, I'm bro, like, it's, it's going to be in like December, or January, <laughs> you know? And she's like, no, 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 no. It's going to be next week, Wednesday. Are you available next week, Wednesday? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm available, <laughs> you know? If I wasn't, I am now. <laughs> yes. And uh, she said, um, yeah, show up 10 a.m. at the MC. You have mm -hmm. to show up 15 minutes earlier. I was mm -hmm. like, yep. So I showed up. Obviously, I dressed nicely, you know, and uh, I was this ready. This story, this story, <laughs> just to preface, this story about the embassy, like, lives in my head rent free. <laughs> yeah. And it needs to be turned into a, like a Netflix uh, short show. limited series. Yes, limited <laughs> so series. Yes. Funny and weird and just like a spooky too. Yes, 100%. And uh, I remember taking my watch off, my rings. And I was like ready and they were surprised that I was ready, that I didn't have anything in my pockets, you know, that I was, and I was like, I'm ready guys, you know. You. They were surprised you followed instruction. There was only, uh, there was, it was like maybe eight or nine of us. And there was this one guy that was Russian. Pure blood Russian. Pure blood Russian. And he was at the Bosnian. We actually took his test. Yeah, and, and, and it was, and it was, and it was, uh, 
So he's in Bosnia at the in Sarajevo at the at the at the US embassy. Mm-hmm. And uh he doesn't speak English. <laughs> he doesn't speak Bosnian. And uh it's just, you know, the guy is like lost. He's like confused, you know. Well, one of the big like requirements for the visas is that you can speak fluent English, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you have to show up with, you know, the ability least. to communicate. Yes. <laughs> This other dude, he was like, he graduated at, at a uni and they're inviting him over there for to the U.S. to do some, I don't know, it was like engineering or something like that. But he's, he was speaking fluently English and, you know, this Sergey, sorry, I just remember. <laughs> Sergey was the guy that didn't speak any English or Bosnian. The Russian. Yes, the Russian. And, Sergey. Uh, yes. And so... So 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 they asked this guy, this lady came from a totally different room. She came to him and she was like, hey, we have this guy here. You know, he speaks only Russian and we need to like talk to him. He doesn't understand us at all. He doesn't know English. He doesn't know Bosnian. Apparently online, he applied in Serbia, in Belgrade, for the Belgrade U.S. Embassy. Which is, how many miles is that? Uh 500 probably uh, like yeah eh, not 500 not 500 less but uh 250 maybe something but like a different that country. Different it's country. a different country yeah <laughs> it's totally a different country and it's not that easy to apply for a visa in a different country you know it's it's like a procedure on its own you know you're a foreigner and why are you not applying for in your visa. country yeah. you know so um so sergey was like sergey you guys are on a first name basis yeah so <laughs> So, so the lady was like, you, you, you need to tell him that he's in the wrong place. Like, you need to tell him that he checked in. Uh, okay. He, she said, his, he, 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 matched, <laughs> he matched his date and time. Like, he's on time. But it's not the it's right It's a wrong app. country. It's a wrong country. And, and, and I was just like, you know, I was like, God bless, you know. What is this guy going through, you know? And, Poor uh, guy. I swear to God, it was... It was like funny, but then it was like weird at the same time, you know, and then and then him carrying all that paperwork and like passport and then um going yeah, so to the how scanner. the hell did Sergey get in? So I don't know how he get in in like the first place, but I the whole it was just just like but because of the whole because of the whole situation, the I guess the nervousness that I had, you know, yeah, it got away because <laughs> everybody like, was Focused on him, yeah, you know, you like, all eyes I'm on not him. This guy. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so by the time, by the time it was my turn, I felt, you know, just super relaxed and just excited, you know, and I'm pretty sure that, um, they could see it. That you translated. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was just a couple of questions, um, and yeah. So how long have we been in the states now? Um, so got here June, uh, 25th, 25th last year. I remember that. Picked yeah. Up from the airport. It was very hot. hot well, it was so hot, bro. God bless. Well, I'm so sorry. It was such a torturous process, but we're so happy that you're here. Yes. So what is your favorite thing about moving to America? I mean, you've been here almost a year now, which is so crazy. I feel like you've been here for like 10 years. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine my life without you. Um, oh. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about moving to America? AC. Um, <laughs> AC. Yeah. 
Um, that's it, well, it's very much different, you know, um, the climate itself, the people, mm. the culture. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I really like over here is that everybody's, I guess, polite. Like, you don't, mm. yeah, I'm everybody's like, people are, are like, they're like New Yorkers. Yeah, pe- people are not like saying hi or hello just to random, you yeah. know, people, individuals, and just mm-hmm. asking them, like, how are you? How is your day? You but know? that is, that's the South. Like, that's the South. That's not all of America. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. I read this, I read, I, uh, I think I actually heard it on a podcast. It was like, New Yorkers are kind, but not nice. Californians are nice, but not kind. Like a New Yorker's on the subway, uh, like, "Hey, dumbass, you dropped your wallet." Right. <laughs> Californians, like, that's not my business. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, I uh, also had this teacher. She moved here from Washington State, and mm-hmm. she like moved into a neighborhood. Right. And I remember she had just moved. It was like the beginning of the school year. She's like, I, she was, she was something. But she came in. She's like, guys, I have a question. Like. Every time I'm like walking in my neighborhood or every time I'm driving, like people are always like waving at me. Like, (laughs) is that like common here? She's like, that was like not a thing in Washington. She's like, if you waved at people, somebody would like slow down and be like, what? But the waving, the waving is more of a Midwestern thing than a Southern thing. I feel like. No, I, I swear. So. I swear it is. I swear it is. It's a Midwesterner thing more than a Southern thing. I don't. They do it in Alabama. Hell yeah. Roll Tide. Right <laughs> 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 uh, I not, did not stutter. <laughs> no, not one bit. Um, so just to get Wait, back to get back on track. Yes. What's your What's your, well, I guess you did answer that. It was well, uh, one thing, one thing that I have, to, yeah, one thing, one thing that I have to say is obviously now the time difference. Now I'm able to work the, yeah, you know, normal uh, the normal, the normal and hours. And then also, so you work 2 to 11 p.m. Yes. And there was, did you ever work the shift 11 p.m.? Oh, yeah, I worked all of the shifts, you know, as a part-time, as when I was a student, uh, as a part-time employee, uh, you know, I was basically working. Um, all shifts, yeah. you know, and it would just, would just depend like every, mm-hmm. every needed. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Every weekend it would change. Like one weekend I would be the first shift, the second one, right. second shift, the third one, the third shift and so on and so forth. And all of them, it, they're so different. I mean, it's right. just the first one is so calm. Um, like there's not a lot of calls. There's not what a, time is that here? That's like uh, from five p.m. to midnight. No, uh, it's eleven p.m. to oh, you're talking 7 about the morning shift. I yes, thought, oh, I thought you were talking about the night shift in Bosnia from eleven to like no, no, no. I'm 7. talking about so it's yeah. very it's very calm. the day the, shift in Bosnia is the, the first shift. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. and then the second shift is always busy because that's the eight a.m. until yeah. like three or four p.m. Uh, over here. So it's very. Um, it's very busy. Drivers are calling. You know, sometimes you have to cover a driver. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the two p.m. to eleven. That was your like standard. Yes, shift. yes, yes. And then the third one, well, you just you just never know. The yeah. night, yeah, it, it just anything can happen. You know, um, it's it's one of those shifts where you 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 don't have to be surprised about anything. Um, but what was your first like? culture shock moment when you when you came over here I, it could have been back in like 2010 when you first came over here but what what was your first thing that's like you guys really do that like 
like, how do you live like that? Like, what, what was your, where you were actually like in shock that people do something? Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just the fact that, um, well, as I said, like everybody's, you know, nice, polite, um, towards you, you know, uh, you feel welcomed wherever you go, Mm. you know, uh, but then, but, but then also like how everybody's open, transparent, and like direct, they'll tell you immediately. Like if some if something is wrong, mm-hmm. they'll immediately tell you like, hey, that's wrong. There's no beating around the bush. No, no. Uh, They're like, that's it, buddy. You know, it's it's a, you made a mistake, you, you know. And can you, you feel like that's different than yes. the Bosnian culture? Can you give us yes. like an example of where that happened when you first came? Well, it, it, like I said, it could be back in 2010 or or whatever the case may be. But like the first moment where you were like, where like you literally like kind of like had to step back where you were just like in shock. Like something that like kind of like um, took you off guard so hard that you literally had to like take a second. Well, for instance, I remember when I was at the airport. Um, <laughs> so I was at I was at the airport. And when you when you land in the United States, you have to go through the uh, customs. Customs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and, and uh, passport control. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was waiting in line. We were going through the customs and passport control, and uh, there there were a lot of boots. Uh, uh, and uh, I remember this lady; she was like pointing where each individual should go. And first, she told me to go like to the fourth one, and then she moved me to the fifth one, and then from the fifth one, she she took me back to the second one. And I was already like, you know, just Fresh leave off me the plane. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just leave me be. I just had a like a twelve. 14 hour flight, you yeah, know, you um, and I was very exhausted and right. tired. Um, and, um, so I was waiting for my turn and there, there was this lady, she was finishing off with the officer and, um, and she was like putting stuff in her band that I could swear to God that that officer looked at me and like gave me like a sign that I should approach, you know, which I did. And that was wrong because <laughs> uh, he was like, did I call you? And that was the first <laughs> culture shock. That, You're like, uh, yeah, you did actually. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't want to get into an argument or into like that. You know, I, don't, I just got here. <laughs> I don't want to cause problems, right. you know? So I was like, oh, I apologize. And, and I started moving back, you know? And he's like, he's like, just, just go back. You know, he was telling me to go back then. And I was sitting, uh, I was standing in front of that line and he was waiting for that lady. She was at the corner. So she was not even close to uh, the boot anymore, but she was still putting stuff in her, in her purse. You know, it's like she took the whole house out of the purse (laughs) and she's, you know, she's been doing it for like, Three, four minutes now, right. you know. And I thought she was done, you know. You're embarrassed. I, I was embarrassed. Yeah. Yes. I was embarrassed because I genuinely thought that he gave me a sign to like, you know, he looked at me and I could and you know, I could like <laughs> tell that he was inviting me over, you know, to right. to do the to the like the the, the the procedure. And I just remember him giving me the passport and I just said, you know, uh, you're right. You know, I just told him, you're right. Yeah. yeah I made a mistake. Like, whatever you say, whatever I apolog- you say. Yeah. yeah. I apologize yeah. one more time and, you know, you have a good rest of your day. 
And uh, he said, yes, goodbye. <laughs> and I said goodbye, sir. <laughs> you're like, well, if that's how America is, I, I kind of want to go back to Bosnia. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first. Yeah. That you was know. your first impression of America. So yeah. um, we've talked about your favorite things about America and maybe a little bit of your least favorite, if you would consider that. But what is um, something that you miss from home or that was like your favorite thing? about Bosnia that we don't necessarily like do or that we don't necessarily have here in the States? Well, um, food. I mean, there's, there's certain food that, that I grew up with and I just, you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, man, I wish I had some chavapi, you know, I mean, I, we can buy chavapi here, but it's not the same. It's different. It's just different. But, uh, besides food, there's certain locations where we would gather like these coffee places, you mm. know, and uh, that's something that I really miss. Mm. Um, Being and able to walk everywhere too. And also you're walking. Like I didn't have a car. I didn't own a car. Um, I was either, if the weather was nice, I was walking to work and it would take me roughly around like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, 25 to the coffee shop and then from the coffee shop another five minutes to I work. love that coffee shop that that little area right it's next to our office over there that the little like square and everything yeah like straight out of a movie for yeah a you've been there so that's, you know that's all of that's like all of europe yeah it's like the sh- yes it's just it's just a nice you feel like home when you're there really? when you're yeah. there yeah like everybody's in a good mood yeah everybody's like saying nice. you know they're, they're, yeah. yeah everybody knows each other it's like almost like a little village yes in this bigger town within this even bigger town you know yes I mean? yes and then um and then sometimes if the weather is bad i would use a tram or a, or a bus you know a public bus every single single individual in a family has their own car it's not really like that in Bosnia. Yeah. Like it's like a family of six, and it's one car. <laughs> well, I mean, it's because uh, the U.S. is like almost designed for cars. Yes. Well, while on the other hand, you know, Europe was hundreds and thousands of years old, so like, like it, it was literally made for people to walk around. Like over there, it's 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 better for you to use the public transportation if you want to get somewhere. It's cheaper on time. too. It's it's cheaper too. Yeah, because like there's always traffic jams. Yeah, and then a part of all that, uh, obviously, I miss my family. Uh, Shout out most. to Sam. Yes, my mom, my, my dad, and my, uh, my little sister. Bittersweet. It is, yeah. you know, but I know what I signed up for, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to be better than my parents, and I have always been telling them that in a good way, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, just grow. Yeah, just, yeah. just Not- be able to, you know, I guess support my kids and my family one day. I'm just trying to really like pick your brain here. Give me like a story about something that was just like so bizarre or funny while you were working at Taz that you literally couldn't do anything but laugh. Like you literally just sat there and laughed. Well, like the other day, remember? Like, uh, what is it? Like 10 days ago when we were trying to recover that truck? (laughs) 2232? Planning everything, organizing everything, arranging everything, and then um, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the truck that was supposed to be ready, it's not ready. Yeah. So we got a driver waiting at the freaking shop that the truck's getting fixed at and for like, like for like a year. The truck is getting. By the way, the truck has been down for like eight months. Yeah. Like yeah. November. Yeah. Yeah. And they like called. <laughs> They're like, yeah, like, the truck's ready. Yeah, and they like called. 
seven days or no, five days before we're going to make this recovery. And they said that the truck is fixed, that it's ready. Rolls eyes. And uh, obviously, you know, we had a driver here who was... He was broke. He was getting maintenance on his truck, let's say. Let's say. Okay, let's say. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was like, let's use the opportunity. The driver's here, you know. He probably, he wants to work. He wants to make the money. So let's get him a car, rent him a car. Let's go recover the truck, right. you know. And yeah. He gets up there. Gets up there. And then the first thing that we, he tells us is... They are not even able to turn on the truck, no. but they're going to fix it. They have to do a forced region. So the truck is going to be ready tomorrow. So what happens? We put the driver in the hotel, you know, uh, he spends the night over there. We told him that the truck is going to be ready tomorrow because that's what they told us. But what happens next is <laughs> truck was not ready. Truck was not ready, but he returned the car, the rental. So, which we told him to do, which we told him to do because the truck was supposed to be ready. Right. <clears throat> and then unfortunately the truck was not ready. So and that we were just, yeah, yeah, it was just, uh, you couldn't go forward, backwards, left, right, or straight. We just kind of had to sit there and we were at the mercy of the shop. And it was just, it was funny. You literally couldn't do anything but laugh. No, you no. couldn't do anything. But I remember just so like, did he, did he ever get the truck? No, no, we had to rent him another car. And it's still not ready. <gasps> yeah. Oh and that happened like what? 10, ten days ago? Yeah, 10 it was days like ago. A week and a half ago. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's nature of the trucking business. It's I guess. the nature, it's the pleasure of the business. Yeah. Speaking of the trucking business, how about this freaking current freight market right now? What do we, what do we think about? You're the one out there that's, you know, booking loads. You're on and, the front line. Yeah, you're on I the, front, the front, front line. And it's not that good right now. It's, uh, has it been worse? Well, it's been worse around COVID, you know, before uh, COVID or before COVID, um, you know, at that time there was, you know, the market was, it was very hard to, to cover the trucks. It was very hard to, you know, also to keep, keep the drivers constantly busy, mm -hmm. you know, um, cause everything was pretty much shut down. Right. And then we experienced that big boom of freight and all of a sudden there was right. so much freight. Oh my God. You know, when, uh, when was this? What that was it? like right when shut, like right before the shutdown wow. happened. They were like, all right, we got to get, you know, grocery stores packed, things packed, this, this, yes. this. And the government's just throwing billions into the economy trying yes. to make sure that people don't, you know, lose their jobs, lose their livelihoods. Yep. And yeah, looking back on it, that's probably what is leading to this recession that we're kind of heading towards right now. Right. And then, uh, and I feel like usually every year around like August is when things kind of slow down. Um, and, um, September, August, but it lasts for like, I would say two to three weeks, three weeks max. Uh, however, last year when we entered that period in August, it was slow for the first week, started to get slow in the first week and the second week. And then the third week I was like, what's going on? You know, if we're entering the third week and we don't see any sort of a improvement, like nothing is changing. It's just rapidly dropping the rates are dropping the volume of freight is dropping you know the number of customer freight that you would weekly have you know is dropping and uh we were at a point where we're just like questioning what's going to happen next week and obviously we we're hoping and praying for the best you know because mm -hmm. the better the market the easier it is for us to work make drivers happy and then at the end of the day make the company Keep company Keep, keep the business. Yeah. Keep, keep everybody fed. Yes. 
And then, uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. It just kept going down. And right now, what we're seeing is basically every week, the market is just, I'm not going to say getting worse and worse, but it's at a point where the market is so bad right now that you don't really have a lot of opportunity on, you can choose what load are you going to take. Mm, You you don't have that. Yes, you don't have that opportunity that you had last year, let's say Mm -hmm. in, in March. You don't have that anymore. It's it's either take the load or have the have the truck sit there yeah, for have a day. A driver sit, and yeah. that's not what we're here for. You know, we're always trying to keep uh, our drivers running, keep yes. the trucks running, keep the wheels rolling. Makes everybody happy. But it does. It does. And you can't make freight appear, though. You know, as I tell drivers, you know, this in orientation, I always tell them, you know, I think of because it's trucking industry, and we're talking about wheels. So I think of it as a big wheel, okay, that okay. keeps on spinning, but it can't spin without the different parties, like without a driver, without a dispatcher, without mm-hmm. the customer. So it's like an equation. So it is. So yeah. if everybody's working together fluently, communicating fluently. That wheel's spinning. That wheel is spinning, and then everybody's making money, and that makes everybody happy. Right. But uh, I don't know. This uh, is up. That will stop spinning. I don't. I. I don't think. You know. I don't. I don't want to sound. You know. Uh, pessimistic or. But I don't think that this market is gonna change. Uh, this year, maybe we might see a change in the third or the fourth week in the in the month of August, maybe. Because as I said, August is the is the big changer. It's usually with the holidays approaching. Yes, yeah. it's usually it depends what the demand will be and then what the suppliers are going to decide. Right. So at the moment, all these big store uh, stores and warehouses, they're they're packed with freight. And that's the post COVID effect. You know, they were producing so much. We had so much freight on the market, mm. you know, and people were buying it, buying it, buying it because they thought that they're going to run run out you know right because we have all seen the pictures of empty shelves <laughs> in the stores and all that but right now what what is happening is they have so many so much product stocked up that they don't they can't sell it mm-hmm. you know and um that's what's causing such a such a such a slow ratio i would say that this market is just not you know, it's it, it's not good. I don't see it getting any better anytime soon, unfortunately. To pivot on that, what do you think could be done to to help it? It's in the United States, everything about everything is about the trucking industry. Uh, everything. You know, it's they're saying like it's the transportation in the U.S. is like seventy five percent or seventy percent is trucking, and then there's ten percent on the rails, ten percent boats, and then ten percent planes. Right. But when you think about it, when a plane lands. It's not gonna land in front of a warehouse. It's going you on know. a truck. It's going on a truck. Same thing with the rails, you know, unless it's literally going from a plant to a plant. Same thing with the boats, you know, it has to move somehow. So how are we gonna move it with a truck? So I would say that 100%, you know, um, or 99% is the transportation in the United, in the United States but is that. I don't think we're going into a recession. I think this is a recession. It is. And I think that we're I've always it. thought like, the trucking industry is such a good indication of that. 100%. Because, and I would love to talk to Taz about this for him to give us some more knowledge um, about what the trucking industry was like in 2008. Because... Terrible. Yeah. I remember I remember him saying that they would have drivers like... Take turns. One week, yeah, yeah. One week a driver would drive and then the next week he would have to be off because they don't have 
that much freight, freight yeah. support yeah. all of the drivers. And I think you just have to keep pushing. And the only way that you do keep pushing is that knowing that this doesn't go on forever. But like yes. to think like like what what frustrates me the most about it is like all these freaking new regulations, like with the ELDs, with the DOT regulations. No, and with- I, I but that's what I'm saying about what you said about the minimum. I think the whole problem is more go- the whole problem is more government. Oh, so you're saying more government can't fix the problem because the problem is more government. Yes. Mm. Like, I think they just need, and I think the the e-logs are 100%, and I said that in a previous podcast too, like, uh, they have created so many problems. They have shut down so many trucking companies. So many people have left the trucking industry just because of that, and- but I know was, I understand it's a safety thing and I think there's a million other ways to go around it even like increasing some of the hours decreasing like the um on duty hours or just not letting them count towards trucking towards driving hours because it's it's not the same thing it's not it's not, not. um like let's say like the the emissions issues like with you know diesel being unhealthy like they put the emissions california has like a lot of laws on that right right what is the way to like manage that like so so exactly what i was going to get into so the the emission system that's just another part of a truck another brand new system that's worth thousands of dollars that is mandated by the government that yeah, these, the trucking companies, yeah, yeah, that the trucking companies have to fund and pay for. I mean, a knock sensor goes out on your truck; it puts your truck into D rate, and you're driving five miles down or, down the road until you get to a, a a Volvo or Freightliner or whatever the case may be dealership, so that you can get in, get their fancy computer programming, so that can that they can get in and literally just be like, forget this part; we're putting a new one in. It's a pain in the ass for real. And. But that's, again, like the government getting involved. And I understand like global warming and climate change and all that stuff, which, of course, is so important. But if they feel so strongly about it, then take those billions of dollars and pay for the that. Take, not to be political. <laughs> not to be political yeah. or anything. And um, then, and, But I feel like the way that we would be able to like that, that the government would be able to influence on it and resolve it would be to decrease the current market rates on everything the interest rates went super high mm-hmm. um and They're still super high yes and then not only that but we also have we still have that post-covid effect even though people are not talking about it mm. we're still in it you know mm-hmm. it's still going to be with us for at least another maybe until the end of this year next year possibly like mid next year mm-hmm. it will officially end uh, we we might stop talking about covid finally i doubt it but I hope. I hope. Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. But I feel like those interest interest rates are the biggest problem that is also stopping uh, the trucking industry to move forward because... I understand the interest rates thing because the inflation was so high. So they had to increase the interest rates to stop banks from borrowing so much, allowing people to borrow so much money because when you do that, it basically puts hands way more money in the hands of consumers which you know increases the price of products and increases inflation right so i understand why the interest rates are so high but there's got to be a little bit of a middle ground there like I, i'm just saying it happened so sudden right it's, no 100 percent. there was no transition exactly no, i agree 100 percent. and that's why i feel a, like it's very much related to the trucking industry because i mean be a happy it just medium i mean like i said i just feel like whenever anybody starts talking about a recession like 
just look at the trucking industry. Like, you'll know. You'll know if we're in a recession, if a recession is coming. Like, it's just, it's as easy as that. 2021, I think. And, you know, towards COVID, a lot of people, you know, saw how high the money was and saw how good the trucking industry was paying and they got into it. Um, you know, bought a $200,000 truck, $100,000 trailer. Yes. Got an authority, you know, started driving. And then, you know, those rates drop out and, you know, they're like, and oh, now crap. They're, I yeah. can't even make my truck payment. All right, time to sell the truck. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel like a lot of these big companies went out of business. They they saw these sky high rates and they're like, oh, you know, that'll be easy to cover, cover you know, $200,000 trucks when I'm getting, you know, three $3.50 a mile round trip anywhere. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of it was also the, a lot of it is also the fact that there's so many trucks available and there's not that much freight, which is, you know, why you get this, you get this um, disconnect of between, you know, brokers and shippers where they can, you know, drop those rates so much because all these bigger carriers need to cover that truck. So they, you know, they'll take a little bit of a loss on it just to get that truck rolling. And we had the opposite effect where we, uh, in 2021 and then 22 as well, a little bit until I would say like, what, maybe April where we, uh, we needed, you know, we needed drivers, right. We needed, the freight was there, you know, Right. we needed the trucks, but we couldn't get, you know. Yeah, you couldn't get the trucks. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's always a catch-22. There's always something missing. Of course. Well, to end on a more positive note, is there any place in Bosnia that you would recommend to like a tourist or somebody that's visiting that's kind of like off the beaten path that isn't like very well known? Well, I mean, Bosnia is a very small country and every, I would say that every city on its own has their historic, you know, um, landmarks, landmarks Mm -hmm. and, uh, every city of its own has like their own, like different traditions and, you know, it's so small, but it's so different when you go from one city to another. It's very hidden. Yes. Like it's very mysterious yeah, you know there's like all this stuff to find there's out. there's so many uh, there's so many different things that uh, that you can find so many different like 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 stores or or coffee shops or you know it just the ones that you find around the corner you know and you're like wow this is actually here you know but uh cities obviously i would say the first one would be capital city of bosnia sarajevo and then the second one would probably be bihaj because Bihać has um, the prettiest and the cleanest river. In Do they have waterfalls there? Yes. Yeah. That's where you see. They, those they were actually the Hollywood was was recording a movie over there just recently. I'm not sure which one, but I know that they were recording. I know there's that there's some like, crazy waterfalls. There's in like Bosnia. really oh, there's yeah. really cool whitewater rafting locations too. Yeah. I remember yes. when I did that. That was so fun. Um, and uh, one of the cleanest and. Uh, and niciest and most prettiest rivers that I've ever seen, Una, uh, in Bihać. Yes, and it's very like, it's just an experience to sit right next to it. During the summer, it's so hot. And then you have that cold breeze Mm. coming from, you know, the river and you're enjoying, I don't know, fish or steak or whatever, or (laughs) chavapi. Can't go wrong, can't go wrong. Yep. Um, So I would say those two cities, number one, but then there's also Mostar that is beautiful. Uh, Visoko as well, you know. 
Um, you can't go wrong. Literally, if you if you land just, in anywhere, just walk around. You'll just find walk around. You'll find hidden gems. Yeah. Is there a restaurant? You keep talking about Chavapa. Is there a restaurant in Sarajevo? I know exactly that has what he's the about best. To say. There is this. There is this place where we were ordering food from almost every day. It's called Venera, and um, it's a very small family-owned business. One Always has the best food, though. One location, but. God bless. I mean, and their food is just like always fresh. Mm. It's always tasty. Their chavapi are really good. I think my personal opinion is best chavapi in Sarajevo, even though people are saying that Jeljo. Jeljo is like the tourist spot. Yes. Though. But yeah. this is like the that's, hi- that's hidden wanted, gem. Yeah, this is the hidden gem, your, you know. Your Rex. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%, I would say Venera. So shout out to Venera. V E N E R A in yes. Sarajevo. I have been like, we go to Bosnia like every summer, and this year I'm just like teetering. I don't know if we're going to go, but all this talk about the food. <laughs> And the coffee shops, I'm like, oh, gotta get back there. Yeah, yeah. gotta get back there. And they just recently opened a KFC in Sarajevo. Kentucky what? Fried, brother. But they closed all the McDonald's. But they did close. close Didn't they? All- weren't they like pretending to be McDonald's? No, well, that was a rumor. Oh, that, that was, was rumor. there was a rumor that that was like a fake a McDonald's. Fake McDonald's. Well, it was the <laughs> they had some bomb ass food, bro. But, but yeah, the McDonald's oh over God. there was better than the McDonald's oh, over here. Ten I times. Can't confirm. I, I, yeah, the, the McDonald's over there is better than the food. Yeah, it's better than Chick Fil A here. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, it was a pleasure. Absolutely appreciate you, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for hosting. Rosef with me. You're welcome. And <laughs> this has been the Task Cast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We started this podcast because we love what we do and love getting to showcase the Taz brand. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on Instagram at Taz Trucking.